When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we welcome you to this edition of Tuesday People, the podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Album. I am the author of the book, Tuesdays with Maury, upon which this podcast is based. Also author of the new book, The Stranger in the Lifeboat, which I want to thank so many of you who have already gone out and, and picked it up. It's been incredible, the response to that book in the first couple of weeks that it's been out. And many people who have written me, because you hear from people when you put a book out, especially when they read it in one night, which seems to be the norm, a lot of them are uh, followers of our podcast. And I get a lot of, I uh, listen to you on the Tuesday People podcast and heard about the book and you read some of it on, on the podcast and it intrigued me and they picked it up. So yeah, some of those episodes where we uh, shared some of the pages of The Stranger in the Lifeboat are available at wetuesdaypeople.com if you want to listen to any of our previous shows. You can listen to them there and, and hear that. But thank you, everybody. You've made it a, a very successful book already. And um, I'm pleased because it has a good message about help and accepting help and uh, recognizing that an unanswered prayer at the moment may be an answered prayer somewhere down the line. And we have to learn to operate on a little different timetable when it comes to help in our lives than, shall we say, when we're going to McDonald's, where you start mm -hmm. counting, saying, I've got you know 30 seconds from the time I ordered that should be right in front of me. I, I worked for a fast food chain uh, when I was a teenager, and I'll never forget the manager there. He was a uh, crew-cutted, uh, bespectacled guy, I'm sure was in the service at some point, thin, rigid. Everything had to be, you know, an order and order and order. And he said, this was a, a chain, it was a Kentucky Fried Chicken chain, but it was before they called it Kentucky Fried Chicken in the Philadelphia area where I grew up, they called it Geno's. And he said, our goal is to make sure that whoever comes into a store here, or if they come into a store in California, they get the exact same service, the exact same taste, the exact same product. And I, I remember feeling like... Uh, Wow, this is what it means to be like just a cog in the machine. You know, your your yeah. goal is to just be the same as something across the country to make a burger or a piece of chicken taste exactly the same. And I kind of knew right then that I was not slated for that that line of work. <laughs> uh, but uh, but that's how we sort of expect our our help. You know, it's like we ask for help and we say. Well, it should taste the same here. It should work the same here as it works over there. And I should get it as fast as someone else got it. And, and if I have a prayer and I, I make a prayer and, I, you know, please uh, solve this problem for me tomorrow, then it should be solved by tomorrow. And if it's not by tomorrow, then there's something wrong with the system. Uh, you know, as, as, <laughs> Dell, my yeah, as Dell, my manager, <laughs> would say, there's something wrong here. Somebody needs to get fired. But help doesn't work like fast food. And, if, you know, the world, the universe, God, they, they have their own 
timetable, and we just have to learn how to accept that. And and that kind of dovetails a little bit into what we wanted to talk about today, because while help may not come as quickly as we would like, I'll tell you one thing that does come very quickly, reaction. Reaction to anything that you do, anything that you say, anything that you post, anything that you put out there for the world. We are in the era of instant reaction. And Lisa, Mm -hmm. you had raised something to me uh, during the week about an incident that had happened to you that raised a question that we want to explore in today's podcast about how much should you care about the outside noise, about what others think of you, particularly others in the in the cyber universe. And I know that Maury never had to face this, uh, but in his own way, he had a very interesting interaction with this because he went on the Nightline program. You recall, those of you who know oh, Tuesdays yes. with Maury, he went on the Nightline program mm-hmm. and told the world that he was dying from Lou Gehrig's disease. And as a result, the world responded. I mean, that was a hugely watched television program. Yeah. And while there was not internet in you know, 1995 that anybody could respond to or send emails or things like that, there was mail. And people yeah. found his address or they would write to ABC News and send dozens and hundreds of letters to ABC News saying, pass this on to Maury. And wow. Maury would have these regular sessions... I did some with him. Uh, he would regularly have them with his son, Rob, and they would read the letters. And Maury wanted every letter read out loud, wow. top to bottom. And sometimes uh, these letters were really, really long. Some of them were about what he should do. Try this treatment, try that treatment, you know, medical suggestions. Some of them were just prayers for him. Uh, some of them were like, I saw your story. I feel bad that you're suffering. I know something about suffering. Here's the next 30 pages of my suffering. Of my life, right, right, right. My life and my suffering. So he did kind of deal with all of this, and his response was to be patient, although there were a few times that I remember, uh, I remember there was one letter that was like 30-something pages long, single-spaced, single-spaced, yellow pad paper, and it was all about this terrible, terrible, you know, life of all these different things that had happened and, you know, just just gushing out, you know, all the negatives of, of this person's life. And when it was over, Maury was asked, well, so what do you want to say in response? And he kind of looked up, you know, weary, and he said, well, how about thank you so much for your long letter? Like that was, all, was all I could really think of. He was so wiped out by the magnitude of the tragedy. Yeah, for your long letter. Yeah, he was joking. Of course, he didn't. He didn't write that. Yeah. But so tell us the incident that you're referring to. Okay, this is a. And by the way, I wonder how Maury would react to this. I think that's why I brought this up to you because I wonder what he would say. You know, I posted a you know, a holiday message on my book's social media page for my grief journal because it's, uh, you know, people go through a lot of grief at the holidays and I thought it would be a helpful thing. And I took out a boosted post, which meant that it, it you know, will shoot off to other people's feeds that are not necessarily followers of my page, right? 
so it will bring in some strangers. Uh, I got a post on that particular thing that I posted from a woman who said, making us pay for our loss, exclamation point, horrible, exclamation point. So meaning that I was selling a book to help people get through their loss and that because I was, the book costs money, that that was a horrible thing on my part. So I really wasn't sure how to handle that. You know, like I was, I thought, oh, what do I do? Do I respond? I responded by saying, why don't I send you a free book? Would a free book be helpful to you? Mm. And then this person responded with something equally as awful to me, which was, I don't even know why you are trying to hawk this stuff to us to pay for it. Go do this someplace else. And somebody else responded on the page, oh, well, this is actually the author's page. So she is, she, she's right. doing it in her where own world, right? Like, yeah. Where else am I supposed to do mm-hmm. this? And, you know, I, I ended up sharing it on my own social media page to say, what do I do? Like asking my friends. And some of my friends delved into her page and found that she had lost a son. Um, it, it 23 years old, I think. Um, I'm not sure what it was. I, I don't know. And so obviously she was grieving. But that said, I don't understand where something like that would come from. And even when I tried to make it better by saying, let me send you a free book, private message me, and I'll send it directly to you. And, and you know, I offer free prompts on my page. I offer free all kinds of stuff through the social yeah. media. And I said, join the community. We have all kinds of advice and people, people sharing stories. And um, she just went back and slammed me again. Do it someplace else. So I, I didn't really know I how to handle that. I don't think you're going to win there. Well, so the question for our audience is how much should you care about something like that? And how much were you bothered by that? How much were you hurt by what happened there? Yeah. Well, well here's I'm asking the deal. you. I'm asking. Yeah. In my case, I was really hurt by it to the point where I was literally going to call my publisher, buy back every single book that they have printed thus far and give them away for free to people. Like Mm. I thought maybe I'm being some sort of capitalist pig by selling a book for $12.99. You know, like where do you draw the line? How do I make myself a better person? And I thought, do other people think I'm a horrible person for writing a self-help book? Mm. Then you have to go on. Well, there's billions of self-help books out there. I'm not the first to do this, and I'm certainly not going to be the last. So yes, I took it personally. Um, And I really went down a bad rabbit hole with it because I felt like it was not just a complaint, but an attack on me and my my sort of being. Right. So here's the thing that I think... um, Maybe generations to come will understand this better than we do. But our generation, particularly our, yours and mine, but you know, people who are over 40 uh, have to learn about social media and living in this world that people who grow up with it, it's just going to be second nature to them. And this generation yeah. now that's coming up is, is growing up. You know, from the time they come out of the womb, they have a device put in their face and you know learning how to email and text this uh, at the same time they learn how to write and that is that if you're going to live in that world if you're going to live on stage 
then you have to expect an audience. And you have to understand that the audience isn't always going to like you. And that every seat in the house isn't going to be filled with your friends. As a performer, you know, when I was earlier in my life, and I was a musician, I had to get used to this pretty quickly. And I, I think it's something that entertainers get better at um, because oh, yeah, I know. they understand. Comedy, and you, yeah. you know, too, right, from being on stage mm -hmm. in comedy, you can't get people to laugh and somebody heckles you and things like that. You understand, well, that's what, that's what social media is. Even if it feels personal, even if you're putting out something that's, hey, you know, my, my heart is breaking uh, today because it's the anniversary of the death of somebody, somebody will come on there and go, why don't you keep your grief to yourself? You know, it, it, yeah. they're going to. There's, you're There's right. People always be. say, that, oh, yeah, you think you're grieving. Right. Right. <laughs> and, and, and remember, what an added part to this is the anonymity, the anonymity of it. Yeah. When Maury answered his letters, the one thing that he did have the advantage of is that everybody signed their letter. They had a return address. He knew who mm -hmm. he was sending it to. And uh, consequently, when he sat there and read through all those letters, he was felt like he was hearing from a real person and he was responding yeah. to a real person. When you're on the Internet, you have no idea if the person who's writing you is even who they say they are or is, is, uh, is even a male if they claim to be a female, a female to be a male or, or anything like that or a kid True. masquerading as an adult or an adult masquerading as a kid. And you don't know what their motivation is. And, you, you know, they, they can hide behind. They don't even have to attach their name to it. They just have a moniker. They have a, a handle. They have an email address. And so people can say the worst sort of things in that type of an environment. It's even worse, really, than being on stage. Because on stage, you know, at least the entertainer has the opportunity to look at yeah. that member who's giving him a hard time, a, a comedy right club. Right in the eyes. Yeah, sometimes yeah. <laughs> people are afraid to heckle the comedian because the comedian can look right back at them and say, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. like Don Rickles. Yeah, you know, if yeah. I were you, I wouldn't be heckling me, you know. Take yeah. a look at you. <laughs> uh, but that's not the case in social media and, and cyberspace. They, you know, nobody identifies themselves. So I think, first off, the number one lesson is to recognize that you are on stage. When you are on social media, you are on stage. You're on stage in a very big arena where you can't see the people in the back. The seats are mm -hmm. too far away. You, you know, uh, I saw the Rolling Stones a couple weeks ago, and I always wondered, like, Mick Jagger is standing on stage looking out. There's somebody in the furthest row away, top row of the stadium. Whatever. They'll never, ever see. He, they see him. He can't see them. He has no right. idea if they're cheering or booing or falling asleep or whatever. Well, it's the same thing on social media. You can't see the back row. And you have to understand that, that you're not going to make eye contact with them. And so things that could be said could be hurtful. Things that could be said could be painful. And if you don't want to deal with that pain, don't enter that environment. As Maury famously yeah. said many times over, and we've played it, if you don't like the culture, don't buy it. It's always a matter of vision and comprehension. An understanding of where you and the culture fit. And if the culture doesn't fit you, you don't buy it. Mm. And most of my life, I haven't bought it. Yeah. This is the culture. You do not have to be a part of it. As of yet, anyhow, there is no gun to anyone's head that says you must have a Facebook account. 
you must yeah. post on Instagram. There is no mandatory thing. There may be in the future, depending on how big right. these things get, but there isn't now. So you can but opt out of it. You can, but when you are trying to promote something, uh, you almost positively have to have it th- these right. days. You know, yeah. uh, you can't you can't do any sort of promotion without it. And how do you even sell anything? And even then, it's not a sure sale, right? So a, a, a thousand eyes can see your jewelry that you're selling or whatever it is that somebody sells on the internet. But of those thousand eyes, maybe one person might buy a ring. You know, right. uh, it's it's uh, it's it's a crapshoot. But we all have to sort of engage. And I think a lot of people just engage because they want to keep up with family or friends. Or but it still opens up anybody, no matter what you're online talking about, to bad stuff. Like people can right. just be really mean. Yeah. You know. We'll be back with more Tuesday people right after this. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The other it's, thing I, I would suggest is that don't respond to meanness with meanness because it will just be a tennis ball that's batted back over the net. And as you witnessed, you tried to respond to meanness with kindness. You got yeah, more meanness. That didn't work. You came back yeah. again, you got more meanness. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just you know, the engagement is really not going to get you much. Um, so, A, you have to learn how to ignore it, and B, you have to learn how to resist the urge to engage in it. Uh, because yeah. I really think that, that Maury, Maury would say that this, the internet, social media, the Instagrams and the, and the message boards and the TikToks and all the Facebook posts, they bring out the worst in us. They bring out the impersonal uh, knee-jerks, uh, responses, our anger is served, our impatience is served, our annoyance is served with the quick response. Or, or people, Some people think that they're being funny when they, they put out these mean things. And it, it just brings out the worst of us. And, and you know, if, you, if you are going to be on it, A, ignore it, B, don't engage back in it. Because ask yourself, anytime you've gotten into one of these online little wars do you ever feel better even if you get in the best line even if you get the best insult even if yours is the last like somehow you shut the person down do you really feel better or do you just feel dirty no because they're never going to listen to you first of all i mean and i didn't even i i shot back with something nice you know i was trying to be nice let me send you a free book and she just shot shot back with more means so what i ended up doing was just removing the whole comment thread removing her comment and um uh, just removing all negativity, which is not what I want there. Uh, yeah. 
you know, I tried. I tried to be kind. But you know what? It's I was reading the I was like going through Instagram this weekend and Madonna posted a picture of her and her family on Thanksgiving. The horrible comments that were under this picture were mind-blowing to me. <clears throat> I thought why would you be posting such awful stuff? To somebody you don't even know when she's standing here with her children, you know, they're like, why are they dressed like that? Who wears that? Why is where's Rocco? Why isn't he there? Oh, he's with his dad because he fled her. She's crazy. You know, like, like, what? Who are you people? This is a family showing their family photo online. You know, she may read these. Who knows if she does or not? But maybe the kids do, too. And here are complete strangers slamming children that have no business being, you know, spoken to that way it's just i I, it just blows my mind how people can just be so mean online it's just a i couldn't even imagine being a kid these days and having to go through middle school high school with all of this social media stuff i think it would be awful it would just add to the already angst that these kids have to go through on a day-to-day basis well it is hard it is hard uh but you know in the madonna case again i would always say is it truly necessary to put out a picture of your family on Thanksgiving that everybody else has to see? Or should you just enjoy the Thanksgiving with your family? And I think that too many times we feel that something doesn't exist unless we post it. Mm-hmm. There's a famous um, movie called To Die For, starring Nicole Kidman, who is a ruthless television reporter uh, who eventually uh, you know gets involved in murder just to keep herself on the air and 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 be popular and at one point she has this famous line which I think the movie was written by Buck Henry and she says what's the point of doing anything if it's not on TV and mm, she says it with mm-hmm. all sincerity I mean she's that vapid right. And there are people today who feel that what's the point of doing anything if I don't take a picture of it and tell the world about it? These are people who can't eat until they take a photograph of the food that they're eating and (laughs) and post, you know, yum, you know, uh, or I'm at such and such a place, you know, yum. Why? It's not necessary to inform the whole world. And, you know, I keep thinking back to those sessions of Maury reading those letters and trying to have a one-on-one communication with strangers who were showing him, for the most part, mercy and, and affection and love, and how different that is from what we are doing now with this instant post. Oh, yeah. And who knows, what what would people be posting if, if it was today and Maury was on a Nightline program and had a, had a Facebook account? You know, oh, yeah, uh, I'm sure he would have. How did you I, get on Nightline? And not, I have a yeah. cousin who's dying from ALS, and you know, you're not better than him. And you know, it could easily be that. Yeah. I think there would have been a lot of ugliness along with a lot of empathy and all the rest, you know. Yeah, well, that's the one thing. Normally, nobody's going to take the time to write a 30 page letter um, if they're to be mean to somebody um, mm. who's dying, I, you know, but online, you're right. There are always people. And then there's trolls that are just there purposely to cause problems. And yes, this is up, something that I don't you know. understand. Like what, what is a troll's purpose? Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Do I you? Think they just exist. Yeah. I think they just exist because it's their way 
of being seen, which is they can go on anonymously, post something that they know is going to just get a big tizzy of replies, and they do it. And then they're like, oh, hey, 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 ha, 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 look what I did. Look at all these people getting so mad at what I said. Ah, I'm a genius. It's horrible. It's just a crazy world we live in. That shows the emptiness of people's lives that they need to do that to feel like they have accomplished something. And um, yeah, I mean, Maury spoke a lot about lives that have no meaning, lives that have no purpose, uh, people just sort of sleepwalking through life. But there are also... Now, the social media has given these sleepwalkers a chance to very simply, without ever leaving their home, uh, press a few buttons and feel like a surge of electrical current that they matter for a moment because people are commenting on their awful post. Yeah. And really, it's no different than what a child does when they act out and scream Mm -hmm. that they don't want this or they don't want that or throw a fit because they want the attention. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're right. That is exactly it. It's exactly like a child yeah. doing something for attention. And you would not engage with a child if you're an adult. You would know, okay, I'm not going <laughs> to get into a tit for tat. I don't want chocolate. I want vanilla. You're not going to. Scre- right, Bobby. You're not going to scream back Bobby, at them. So how chocolate is Chocolate is much better for you. It's how nutritionally. Is it any different? superior <laughs> but how is the how is the internet really any different than that if you don't engage with children in in little tantrums then you don't need to engage with people having adults having tantrums on the internet too so yeah. all of which is to say that in this age of cyber communication we need to learn what to care about and what not to care about if you can have meaningful dialogue with a stranger someone who gets in touch with you through all these different means, or as people tried to do with Maury with these letters that he sat and answered, it can be very rewarding. And you can respond, and they can respond in kind, and and you can feel like, hey, somebody reached out who I don't even know, mm-hmm. and I can help them in some way and share something with them, and I've made a kind of new friend of sorts. Yeah. And that can be fine. But... You also have to know that for every one of those, there is that person in that back row that you can't see who may be operating on a different set of principles, may be angry, may be bitter, may be screaming out for attention, and is going to take it out on you because you've provided the platform. You have opened the arena. You've gone out on the stage in the middle of the theater, and and you're fair game. And you have to learn how to not care about that and just walk away from it and understand the same way that a performer goes out and does, you know, the always famous thing, always do the same show, whether there's one person in the audience or a thousand people in the audience, whether they give you a standing yeah. ovation or they boo you, you do the same thing. You be who you are and, yeah. and be true to yourself. And that's all that you can do. And that's really all you can do in these situations too, Lisa. And, and in the case that you brought up, you know, your, your book about grief is, is a wonderful book. And people who have read it have been moved by it and have found relief. It's hardly going to bankrupt anybody if they purchase no. it. <laughs> and, uh, and you're not forcing anybody to purchase it. No. But it is something that you do for a living. And, and it's no different than the guy who makes the pizza and says, well, yeah, but I can't give the pizza away for free. 
This is what I do for a living. But, you know, people who like the pizza get the pizza and they're happy with it. And, you know, don't let that one misguided response bring you down, you know, and, and make yeah. you question yourself because uh, there's too many people out there that want to do that just for fun, just for sport. And uh, yeah. we, we should not be each other's sport. We should not be ducks in a penny arcade that other people get to shoot at for their enjoyment. That's not what human beings are supposed to be with other human beings. So something to yeah. think about uh, as we head into the uh, happiest time of the year <laughs> and the most troubling time of the year. We're going to have some shows in the weeks to come about how to deal with holidays and all the things that they bring, uh, both the joy and the and the tragedy. I, I find that I am the least happy uh, in November and December. And and mm. I don't start to sort of lighten up until January. And, you mm. know, I've watched this happen now for for several decades. I don't know if it's the weather or whatever, but the, there's something particularly starting as it gets close to Thanksgiving, my favorite holiday, and 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 continues on towards Christmas, just like a pressure, like a, a squeeze that seems to come on. We're going to talk about that in the weeks yeah, to come and see if good... some of you share that same feeling about mm-hmm. the holidays. That's a good discussion. Until we do, you can find out more about our program at wetuesdaypeople.com. There are previous shows, discussion groups, all the information about where the program got started. We're glad that you joined us, and we look forward to talking to you again. Until then... On behalf of Lisa Goich, my friend and producer of this program, I'm Mitch Album saying, see you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Tuesday People. To be part of our conversation, join the Tuesday People community at wetuesdaypeople.com. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. We look forward to having you with us every Tuesday because, after all, we're Tuesday People.